Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is focused on educating, empowering, and investing in women to support them with harnessing an entrepreneurial mindset to create the change in the world for the greater good. Through this series, we connect with women from all across New Zealand to inspire, teach, and share their pearls of wisdom through storytelling and sharing. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen, the founder of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. So welcome everyone to Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. We are here with the effervescent Kat G, the founder of Kaji Jewelry. Hi Kat, how are you? Hello, I'm good. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. We've just been having a laugh about some crazy times uh, in lockdown with small small children and sharing sharing war stories. Um, I'm sure everyone out there who is listening uh, if you do have children, you will be experiencing the same, the highs, the lows, and maintaining sanity. What have you learned about sanity this week, Kat? Um, what have I learned about sanity? Maintaining sanity. <laughs> oh, maintaining it. Well, for me, it's really, I've been doing a lot of, uh, lot of meditation, a lot of going for walks with the dog, and um uh, I mean, I've been trying to maintain sanity with a three-year-old and four-year-old, but it's a little bit of a challenge 24-7 um, every, every day with them and trying to get some work underway at the same time as well. So sanity is pretty fleeting around our house. Um, yes, it's a, a momentary thing that com- comes and goes in these COVID times, that's for sure. We were just talking about uh, <laughs> one of the strategies that I've uh, and a mindset shift that I've needed to take uh, because, you know, two weeks ago when this all started, I was trying to run my business as usual and fit my children into that time and the, my, and I was doing my head in. And, of course, now this week I'm a lot more peaceful yeah. because I've decided to shift that and become a mother, a full-time mother, and then fit my business into my full-time mothering. And that has really helped me to maintain a level of sanity and to not feel frustrated by not being able to get the things done that I've wanted to do. Mm. Um, so tell me about, uh, from your perspective, and not just about this, about mindset and how important mindset is in a business and in a life sense to you. Oh, my mindset is everything. Um, it can't, you have to be in the right frame of mind to do anything, to actually grow in anything. Um, it's yeah everything starts with your mindset and it's getting in the right frame of mind and not only just the frame of mind it's also getting your heart aligned as well so your mind and your heart are congruent and then the world's essentially the world's your oyster if you've got your mind and your heart aligned Um, and that's just that's just so key you can't be doing and stressed out and operate the state you've actually got to ground yourself and come right back down to a calm, calm space where things just flow easily and effortlessly. And that all begins with getting your mind in the right space. So when you first founded Kaji, was your mind in the right place? You know, what was it? Tell us about the call to adventure that you were experiencing at that time. Was there a good alignment between heart and mind back then? Yeah, there was. It was... Um... For me, I was 20, uh, what was I, 23 years old and I was working as a graphic designer at the time and I was starting to realise that it wasn't my passion, it wasn't the thing I wanted to be doing for the rest of my life. 
I mean, my career progression was simply moving a metre and a half to my right. In 20 years' time, I'd move a metre and a half to my right, and um, I'd still be doing the same work, which was really boring. Um, it wasn't inspiring me at all. It wasn't what I wanted to be doing with my life, and it wasn't what I envisaged my future to be. And I just I started to get this sort of this aching sense that it wasn't where I wanted to be going. Um, and really just things just sort of seemed to fall into place for me from having that feeling of this is not where I want to be going to sitting in the Marlborough Sounds, which I know I know that's where you live, Cass, in the most beautiful yeah. place in the country, in my opinion. I was sitting there um, on the end of our jetty one day. It was one of those stunning, crisp, it was a, the weather was cool, but really sunny, just like it was yesterday. I was sitting there on the end of the jetty, dipping my toes in the water, and I just had a really beautiful moment that made me, that I thought to myself, I'm, I'm not happy in my job. This is, I don't want the career progression um, that's been laid out before me. If I could do anything, be anything, if, if I wasn't afraid, and there was no such thing as fear, if I could just do anything that really aligned with my soul and felt right, what would that be? And the answer for me, it didn't come as a big, um, a big God aha moment of, oh, this is what I'm going to do. It was more like a whisper. And that was, and it just felt right. And that was um, to be a jewelry designer. It's something I've always loved doing. Um, since being a young girl, I used to make and sell jewelry. Um, used to make it out of clay when I was about seven. I sold that at, at my primary school and made, made a few shillings to spend at the tuck shop, um, buy too many, uh, too many lollies and cans of Coke. Um, but it really just came to me at that moment and it came from my heart that that's what I wanted to be doing. And from that moment, I started in jewellery night school, uh, did that as well as working as a graphic designer during the day. And... Um, managed to see a brand that I loved in a Simply You magazine one day. I was flicking through and I saw it. The jewellery was just gorgeous. It was sculptural. It used real gemstones. It was beautiful, just so tactile. Um, and I hadn't seen anything like it before. So I flicked to the back of the magazine and I called, called, the, called the, the number that it had there in the stockist directory, um, called up the owner of all, all of 23 years. I was pretty nervous and she didn't answer. So I left a message and said, I'd love to meet her um, if she was ever going to be in Auckland at the time. And she said she only called me back because she liked the sound of my voice. So that, that, was, that was a plus. And um, we arranged to have a meeting uh, a, a few weeks later. I went to a friend's house in Remoera, which was luckily just around the corner from me. So I t turned up there in my, in my boyfriend's beat. He dropped me off in his beaten up uh, Mazda 19, 1983 like a red rocket so I hopped out of there and went into this jewelry showing and I just it blew me away like it was just it just gorgeous and so she was busy doing her selling and as she was doing her selling I you know I helped myself to the bubbly so I was drinking in drinking in the beautiful jewelry and drinking in some bubbly drinking in this beautiful jewelry just ah oh, it was so amazing so yummy when you touched it was cold and then when you put it on, it just the gemstone just warmed on your skin. And then I'd have another glass of bubbly, drinking in the beauty of the jewellery, have another glass of bubbly, see where this went. Um, but so the time that Nikki came around to talk to me, I was I was pretty pretty pissed to be honest. And instead of saying to her, I had a plan that I was going to say to her, 
hey, I love your jewellery. I'd love to travel with you, be your buying partner, somehow be involved. Instead of saying that, what I ended up saying is, um, I love your jewellery. I want to buy your business. And she oh, wow. sort of said, oh, you must be joking. Um, no, um, that's not going to, that's not, no, thank you, but no. And I said, okay, but here's my number. If you ever change your mind, you know, I love what you're doing and I, I think I could do this. And um, she actually called me a couple of months later and said, well, first of all, I went home to my boyfriend, my boyfriend picked up in his Mazda three um he picked me up and I told him what I said and he said oh you you're crazy you're actually crazy and I so I said yeah I probably am but one thing led to another she called me back and I ended up um buying so I took a lot family loan so I ended up buying her business getting rid of the boyfriend who thought I was crazy and went went from there age 24 and just really grew the business um to then, you know, making my first million by 30, having 30 staff, 300 jewelers stocking my brand. And it just really grew. And it was a, you know, it came from a place of strong heart alignment. It felt like the right thing to do. And I'm not, it was easy, but it just felt. Yeah. And so in that journey to mm. that place of growth over that period, Tell me about some of the trials and tribulations that you might have faced because, mm. you know, there's no, there's no yeah. easy road and there's no magic wand and there's no, um, you know, succinct journey where everything, because, you know, it's really nice when it does go mm -hmm. into a state of flow, but that's not always and that's not always how no. it will last. Tell me about some of those things that, you know, that you've experienced where there have been some interesting trials and tribulations, but you've also learned from as well. Like, probably the biggest one for me was actually main and um, achieving balance. Like I found that I, I was so passionate about my brand and I, I just adored it. Like I would, I would have done anything for my brand, Kaji, that I struggled to find time for friends, find time for relationships. And then that lack of balance led to a burnout. Um, it led to me you know, hitting, hitting the wall and just feeling exhausted um, no energy, no losing my love for life through throwing myself so far into my business and putting my business first before everything. Um, you know, it was all about for me, it was working with my business, my business, um, then it was relationships with others, um, and then at the end of the end of all the priorities, it was me, myself, and caring for my own self care. Uh, so I really put that on the back burner and um, that's something that I've learned from that uh, that needs to actually be on your list of priorities is yourself and managing your own mind and your own sanity while you're growing your business because it can be all-encompassing. There are a million things to do at once, but it's actually just slowing down, which seems counterproductive because you think you need to go faster and harder and you know, throw, throw more coal in the fire, but actually slowing down and doing less, less is actually often a, um, a smarter move in terms of managing yourself through that process. Um, another thing I'd say would be um, keeping your eyes all over the parts of the business um, because it's like when you're running a business, there's a lot of spinning plates and it's important to make sure you're managing the key metrics from a high level so you can see when things start to start to be turning in the wrong direction. 
you're not so far in the business that you're unable to manage those KPIs on a monthly basis or even on a weekly basis um, to make sure that everything's going in the right direction. Uh, cash flow, obviously, is the biggest one that you have to watch because profits, I remember someone saying to me uh, that cash flow is like cancer. It can slowly kill, it, you know, it's, well, no, 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 let me get this right. They were saying, I've got to remember this. So they said profit, if you, you can, over time, you can, loot, you know, profits can eat, and that's a cancer that could slowly kill you. But, but um, cash flow is like your oxygen that you breathe, you need the cash coming into the business and breathe it in, then breathe it out, breathe it in, breathe it out. And if you don't don't watch that, then you'll find you can have no cash in the tank or you've used up all your loans and then then what are you going to do? Um, you know, I, yeah. I it. And it's such a big issue of what New Zealanders right are going now, through now in, in, in business is you know, probably the biggest killer mm-hmm. of everyone's spirit would be exactly. would be cash flow. Um, so what are some of the tools and strategies that you've come across that have supported you uh, with the cash flow in your business um, over the years? Well, I, I actually had, it was more of a, it was less of, less of a cash flow crisis um, for me and it was more actually of a bank calling in their loan. Um, I breached Covenant um, and I was eight months pregnant I had 800k of loans and the bank met with me and said, oh, you know, great, you're pregnant. Uh, by the way, we're calling in our cash in um, two to three months' time. You know, we'll shout you a coffee. Goodbye. And I was very fortunate at the time. Um, not, not all angels have wings. And I was fortunate enough to be um, guided and mentored by the fabulous Diane Foreman. And she was on me every day. Literally for a month, every day, what are your sales? Where are you at? Where are you cutting costs? To the point that she sat down with me, she looked at my org chart and said, you can't afford the staff right now. Three of them have to go. Give me names right now. And I, and I was like, I don't know. I need to think about it. She's like, no, no, you actually need to make a decision. Clear of head, clear of heart. Who's going? And it was that kind of um, ruthless, but it was ruthless thinking but it was actually the right moves. And down to the fact I had to get out of a mall lease. And she said to me, I remember she said to me, she said, listen, you need to find the, find the guy that owns the mall. He, you know, I looked at, so I looked on the directors and I saw, saw the guy that, that launched one of the biggest malls in the country. We were signed up to a three-year lease and it was going to cost me 250K and the results weren't there. My GM signed me up and one of those things, I shouldn't have signed up. We should have done a pop-up and just trialed it. But... He signed me up and um, ended up having this noose over my head of this lease and we weren't doing the sales. And I knew two months in, this is not going to be right. So at eight months pregnant, she said to me, listen, you've got a pregnant belly. You need to show your belly. You know, show that you're pregnant. This is your one chance to get off this lease. And my mum, bless her heart, said, hey, your, your, your boobs are looking good. You need to show a little bit more of your cleavage to get off this lease. So I wore the tightest dress I could find. <laughs> Showing both boobs and baby, um, hired got the car. The, I got the car from the um, the girl that managed our dispatch. She had this 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 beaten up Toyota. So I drove in that. Um, drove up to his estate in, in Matakana, and essentially I just begged to get off the lease. I did what I had to do, and there were tears, and um, I got so far carried away that I couldn't actually stop crying. It was the pregnancy hormones were running through me, and I just couldn't stop crying. 
I was so stressed out and so overstrung with it. Um, and then I had to present to the board and show my numbers. And by some you know, act of God, they've cancelled that lease for me. But I had, I had to learn to tap dance at eight months pregnant to try and cut my costs. And it was thanks to Diane every day saying, where are you at? Where are your sales? Where are your overheads? Where's your cash? That I was able to get through that period. Um, but that was very hard. And that accountability, I guess, to, um, you know, keep you on track and ask you those hard questions and help you to make some of those hard, uh, hard decisions that you might well, not no, be able to make yeah, the, in an easier time. So often the decisions that you make during a, a downturn or a recessionary environment are decisions that you probably should be making anyway, but the environment is actually forcing your hand to make those decisions now. Um, so, yeah, they, they were the right things to be doing. And I was just lucky enough to have her, you know, making sure that I was making, you know, actually stepping up and making those decisions. Because it's easy. I had a management team. I had a general manager. And at the end of the day, I realized that I was the one whose head was on the line here. That, yes, they, you know, they were invested in, in my company in terms of they were passionate and I was doing a great job. But at the end of the day, me, I was left, you know, like they, you know, some of the staff were great. They jumped into the fire with me, but others stood there warming their hands on the fire going, oh, look, there's a fire. Um, so, yeah, it was a really, really challenging, challenging time for me. And I'd recently come out of a relationship as well, and I got, got pregnant pretty fast into the next relationship. So it was, all, it was all going a bit crazy in my life all at once. But, yeah, it was, yeah. And so even in those crazy, even in those mm. crazy times, you know, sometimes it takes, you know, hindsight to look back and, you know, uh, understand those learnings. We're not necessarily learning mm. during the crazy times. What have been three, um, three key learnings for you in that, uh, in that time that you kind of still live by three, okay, now? So three key learnings during sort of the, the time of, you know, where, yeah, during that journey, not only the kind of struggle, but during that period, you know, mm. when you did have the business, what were some of the key things that you took out of it that okay. you have learnt? Yeah, I'd um, say that um, in starting the business, for me, it was very much a case of jumping and trusting in your wings. Um, I'd never run a business before. I potentially didn't know what I was doing. I remember my mum sitting me down saying, do you actually know what you're doing running a business? And you've only done some jewellery night school? And I said, no, I don't, but I'll figure it out. Um, so I think it's having the faith in yourself that you'll find a way. Um, the faith in something greater than you as well. Like a, one of my learnings has actually been a lot more around the space of um, manifesting and alignment as opposed to so much hustle. I used to be in a very space of hustling, and um, but now much more in a space of alignment and manifesting. Um, and I think that's a learning I've had through, um, through having the business, through having the struggles with the business, through balancing life outside the business, having, you know, a, mar a marital in there as well, you know, having a divorce blow up in, 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 my, in my face while I'm still trying to run a business and then getting pregnant shortly after. Everything happened very, very much in a short period for me, but it was actually trusting the process. Like that's been key for me is actually trusting that even when things aren't going well and I remember the owner of the mall said that to me, he said listen, if you can't get off this lease, if you end up going bankrupt, 
he said it will be the best thing that will have ever happen to you because it'll put metal, a bit of metal in your back and it will give you the learnings that you can grow from. Um, and I think those times yeah, where you are on the ground and you are feeling you know, the wind knocked out of, out of your chest and you know that you're going to pick yourself up, it's actually knowing that it's not from lifting weights that you get your strength, it's from getting off the ground when you get knocked down. And by God, when you run a business, and when I ran a business starting at just 24, you learn to get up, pick yourself up off the ground. You, you grow a lot, you mature a lot, um, and you grow in yourself so much through that process. Um, I learned about the value of people. I think it's really important to have your business to have a strong purpose, to have wonderful people, and obviously profits as well. But people are the key to growing your business, getting the right people on your, on, on your bus and getting the wrong ones off. Um, it's all about people. And what does purpose mean to you at, at this stage of your life compared yeah, to purpose, potentially purpose then? Purpose for me now is actually, it's, it's a little bit more holistic than what it was then. Um, back then, my purpose was about um, creating beautiful jewellery that empowered women to feel confident and unique. But, and, now, and now I look at that and I see that's great for the women who are wearing their jewellery. And I was really fortunate to have had such a strong following of women who loved our brand and our designs. But for me now, it actually, my, whatever I do moving forward needs to be um, more holistic in terms of, it needs to empower the people who are making the jewellery as well. It needs to be um, empowerment across the whole board. So my vision is, and I believe my purpose is to create jewellery that, jewellery or products that empower, empower women and not just the ones who are wearing it, but also the ones who are, make, are making it. Um, I see there's a real opportunity to bring heart and soul into jewellery. Um, and that's, you know, that's where my passion lies now. Is actually more in the space of give, giving back, but that it, not just giving back like, you know, you make some money and then you give it to charity, but actually having giving back built into the business model. So it's actually intertwined and aligned with what you do is actually supporting community, empowering, um, empowering, empowering the whole supply chain as well as the women that wear it. And that that's what purpose, I think, for a business, in my view, um, needs to be. And that'll get, you out, that'll get you out of those times when you are exhausted, you're lying on the floor. Is this worth it? Who am I doing this for? Well, what's going to get you off the floor is knowing that you're doing it for the lives that you're affecting and and changing and helping that's it's bigger it's bigger than you so on those dark nights of the soul you know you're doing something for others um who are you serving you're serving you're serving a bigger community than yourself and for me bringing that heart into business is um is vital And do you think that now in understanding what that purpose is, that's been the catalyst to what you're working on now? And it took me actually having, like I've had a year and a half off now, or probably not a year and a half off, I have been chasing two toddlers um, with a 15-month age gap. Um, And yeah, it's the hardest role in the world. so much, you know, relaxing by a beach meditating, um, so much as changing nappies and chasing children and trying trying to get them to not kill each other. Uh, but it's really that space from space from the business um, has allowed me to go, well, if I enter back in and when I enter back in, 
what's going to resonate with me now and what reason what can I bring to the world that's needed that is actually going to make a little difference so that I'm going to leave the world a little bit better than when I came on um like when I came here and having children and seeing I've got a boy and a girl and I see I look at my daughter and I look around the world and I say far out you know in countries women have to ask them in a hundred countries um you know, we're not allowed to work instead of jobs because of our gender. Twice as many girls are uneducated in the world because of boys. Sorry, not because of boys, because of their gender. So you look at these statistics and you go, well, I want my daughter to have just as much opportunity as my son. So what can I do to help? Um, and really, that's, you know, that started my new journey. Um, that's, you know, that's what I'm looking into now is how, how I can um, make a difference through um, still stunning and beautiful product but beautiful product that really comes from the heart and is about um, jewelry made by hand, but from the heart. And so can you share a bit more, you know, I know that you're yeah. not, you know, just the starting place of the evolution mm-hmm. of kind of working on what that project is. What do you think your future holistically, and not just about that business or that project, what's, What's your world going to look like Ooh, in the next three question. years, do you think? Um, at the moment, I'm just I'm follow, I'm following that desire to create, to create this new vision for jewellery. And to be honest, I don't know. Like, it's, that's kind of the exciting part. And I'm, you know, like, I'm not, I used to be big mm. five-year plans. This is how it was going to be. This is how I was going to control it. I was really much in a control but now I'm actually just, I've got a vision of how I want this new brand to operate. I know the platform I want to sell it on. Um, and I see the future is a lot more giving, giving back and still creating fabulous products. But things that make women feel good. Like last year, we did some mummy mugs. Um, we created these ceramic mugs from our local beach, uh, me and a group of uh, local mums. And we, um, you know, we so- sold about 500 just before Christmas. And they, you know, we gave the proceeds to um, plant it uh, because the whole idea being that to get, encourage mums to have moments of mindfulness throughout the day. And so that was a real concept. And that for me, that was doing something that came from the heart. It was fun and it just resonated. And I'm looking now, I've got a photo on my desk here of Jacinda, our wonderful Prime Minister, having a wee drink from the mug. And she sent me a letter about that. And that... Um, that was kind of it was kind of cool, and I was like, actually, wow. you know, if I can touch lives through products, then that's what I'll do. And I'm just going to take a step across the river. I'm just stepping on stones as they come across the river and seeing where my feet land at the moment. And what a wonderful foundation to start mm. with, you know, just to touch lives through the products that you create, yeah. and doing that in a meaningful way. You know, that's not about profit. That's not about making money. That's not about selling more stuff because the world doesn't need more stuff. We've seen at this time how little we can live on and with and how we don't need, you know, to have all that excess stuff. And if you really, you know, I truly believe in the 21st century that we can build businesses for what the world actually needs rather than the crap that nobody needs, if that makes sense. Um, but I think if you are, I think there's still a need for beautiful products, but it, it's not just good enough to have them mass produced from a factory somewhere. They actually need to have a heart and soul, each product themselves. They need to speak a language more than just visual aesthetics. 
um, they need to speak from the soul. And for me, that's my learning yeah. through through this process. And I'm excited. I mean, there's there's new places in the world and new groups of women around the world that I want to meet with uh, to create these products for me. Um, and I'm researching into different materials. I'm looking at what materials can, uh, are recycled, um, as well as um, as well as performing um, from a customer side of things. They still need to, you know, they still need to be tarnish free, hypoallergenic. But what materials are smart? And then looking at mines as well, like where can we source um, source gold from mines that's mercury free, that's not harming the harming the environment. So really, it's just been a wonderful opportunity for me having this time away from the business to explore what I'm going to do next than making sure it's from a heart-centered space. And I've still got all the learnings from, from my t- days at Kaji. Like I still, I still understand what my customers want in terms of designs and in terms of how the product needs to feel and look and sit and the versatility and what that needs to deliver for them. But also, I know that the product needs to deliver more to the world as well. And I think, you know, and I don't know if I told you this story when we first connected um, was about when I won this piece of jewellery at a, at a black tie ball once. And when I got presented with the, with the jewellery on stage at the end of the night, I said to the man who I assumed was the founder or the owner or whoever, someone who was engaged in the business, and I said, oh, tell me the story behind the brand and tell me who, who made it and what's behind the stones and da da da. Mm. He's like, oh, we just made it in a factory. Yeah. And I was like, oh. It does. And it, so it just completely ruined. So how important is the story behind the product or behind the brand and behind the person oh, and behind the people? How important people do you think bullshit. that is to consumers like, I mean, these one days? One of our competitors in Australia and had this brand name of this woman. She didn't bloody exist. And I would say to them, you can't make up someone's name. And then on your website, has this whole story about this woman. She doesn't exist. I'm like, you're two dudes who are just getting things mass produced and manufactured and you've just created this story and you're fooling the customers. I think customers are smart. I think they know when a brand resonates. Um, wow. And I think they're not going to have the wall pulled over their eyes anymore. I think they're going to, I think it's, they're, they're going to look for brands that have that integrity and, and are doing the right things in terms of the environment and the people who, who produce it. You know, that people are looking for that. Like, if you look at, you know, 75% of Americans are more likely to buy from a brand that has a social conscience. Like, I think that's just, that's just a key part of where we're going. Mm. And I think the fast fashion side of things needs to catch up. Um, it's, just, yeah, it's just criminal how much fashion is put out there and how much waste. It's just not needed, and I think jewelry uh, jewelry and fashion that is actually considered and sustainable and smart is the way in which we're moving. And I think this time, particularly in the fashion and the retail sphere, will be a catalyst for a lot of that change. You know, China um, going on hold for months, you know, could again go on hold for months, you know, all of our... Uh, production in one place for example the fast fashion industry may not be able to produce the volumes that it did before and is there a need for that in the future we might all just wake up as consumers as people as owners as founders of businesses of fashion or whatever the products or services are 
and have a bit of a realization moment that the world and doesn't I actually need. I think that's part of um, the silver stuff. lining on this um, COVID, you know, crisis that's having around around the world is actually people are starting to wake up. We're starting to move towards um, a new way of thinking about consuming. Um, a new way of being with our, our families. We're being much more present. We're not needing to jump on planes and fly all around the world. We're not needing to race into the office. Like I think there's like, yes, there's um, a, a definitely um, some, you know, there'll be some struggles with a lot of businesses, but there'll also be some awesome opportunities as well. Um, but it's, it's about, I think there's a shifting of, um, shifting of priorities with people in terms of how they consume. Um, it's going to be a silver lining that comes out of this crisis and really a, a, waking, a waking up um, across the world, I think, is happening right now. So what's your call for action? You know, we've got a wonderful community of like-minded women, yeah. you know, as part of the Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose Journey. What's something that you want them to take back into their world personally or professionally or you know, a merge of both that they could go and activate in their lives. It's well, first thing I'd probably say, look at the season of your life. Um, like, I, I, last thing I want to be doing is putting pressure on people to be thinking, oh my goodness, during this, this lockdown period, I have to be so productive. I'm, gonna be, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to start this new venture, start this new business. To make sure if you've got kids at home, be present, be a mum, enjoy the time with your kids. Don't put pressure on yourself to come up with this most mind-boggling, amazing new business concept. If it's going to come, it's going to come. Um, so I'd be saying, look at the season of your life. If you're at home with children, enjoy your kids. You know, spend, spend time with them. Enjoy the special time that you're getting with them. Um, if you are in a different space of your life, perhaps sit down and you know, take some quiet time to think, you know what, you, know, you look at the Japanese concept of ikigai, which is what do you love doing? What are you good at and what could you potentially, you know, make some money from? And is that something that you could do, do a bit more of? And, you know, what is that thing that you enjoy doing and love doing and puts you in a state of flow? Could you make that into a revenue stream? You know, if so, why not have a play? Just explore. If you're at home with no kids and you've got capacity, just explore different things. Um, and enjoy the time of reflection and, you know, not being on Netflix the whole time, but actually just be present and don't become a technology drone because I think a lot of us use technology in our phones to tune out from the world when really that should be a time that we're tuning into ourselves and just sitting and being. Um, that's what I see as, as the opportunity, but I, I also see it as a time to not put pressure on ourselves as well, because I think there's no point going in this very fast-paced environment and keeping that hyperactive intensity, actually changing gears a bit and having, you know, sitting down with a, you know, a mug of coffee or a mug of tea and going, hey, you know, where am I at? You know, let's sense check with my soul a bit and see, you know, what feels right in my life. What doesn't feel right? Um, it's a beautiful opportunity for reflection, I feel. And hopefully, you know, we will all come out of this and this stage as better versions of ourselves, you know, that we do have an opportunity 
to learn. We have an opportunity to grow. We have an opportunity to be more present. Mm -hmm. We have an opportunity to have time mm -hmm. to ourselves or to share that time with others. And I think the, the wonderful things that can come out of this um, is um, better Excellent. versions of the human, mm -hmm. of the human race. Oh. So thank you, Kat G, so much mm. for sharing your world uh, and so many inspiring mm. um, perspectives mm. and, you know, great catalysts for everyone to take on board and, um, you know, implement thank into their you. both personal and, so and much, uh, professional life. So thank you so really much. I'm really honoured and humbled to be able to chat with you and also alongside all the other amazing women um, that you've spoken to and are going to speak to. Um, yeah, I, I feel really humbled by this opportunity. So thank you, Kat, for having me. And thank you, everyone, for taking the time to listen as, as well. You're I, welcome. I really appreciate um, everyone taking the time out of their days to sit and listen to this um, podcast. And you know, I want to send lots of love and aroha to everyone listening and send them, yeah, send them all my love and, uh, you know, I want to, want to wish everyone well on your journeys, whatever that journey uh, may be. Um, follow your heart and you'll, you'll find your wings on the way. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Wonderful. Thank you. Bye. Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is proudly sponsored by Hello World Travel, Jaguar, Rind and Dilma Tea, with all of our profit contributed to UN Women Aotearoa New Zealand towards women's economic empowerment into the Pacific Islands. Mm -hmm.